What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. This week we have one that's especially awesome, and I'm so excited about it that I literally want to scream at the top of my lungs. But I'm not going to do that because my dog's sitting next to me. He might get startled and wondered why I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. So we'll just nip that one in the bud. This week we've got a whole bunch of awesome music covered, from blues music to bluegrass to a barn bash. We've got all that on this episode of the podcast. We've got uh, Sam Madewell, co-host, and I went down to Variety Records in Columbia, Tennessee. Check that out on all social medias and talk to proprietor and blues guitar legend Scott Holt. Now, it was such a cool interview because he talked about his new band, Eddie and the Agitators, to his solo work, to a body of work that spanned professionally since he was only 19 years old. Now, there are certain people in this world that you can meet that just ooze with coolness. They just radiate awesome. Scott Holt is one of those people. And here's the catch right here. This is the cool thing. If you live locally in Middle Tennessee, when he's not touring the world with any of his bands or any of his projects, you can go to Variety Records and see him. (laughs) He'll be in there sitting down. You can talk to him, hang out with him. He will impale some wisdom on you that will just knock your socks completely off. Uh, Check him out. Like I said, Scott Holt. He's got a bunch of social medias as well. His place, Variety Records. they got a cool thing going on record store day they'll have live music just an awesome place uh, here in columbia tennessee to go and just enjoy the majesty and beauty of music in its own right thanks to scott we enjoyed the interview and i think you guys will too it was really a blast over the phone i got to talk to as well bluegrass guitar playing aficionado Larry Keel. Now Larry has had quite a history of work in his own right. Uh, He's got a brand new album that just came out November 22nd. We discussed that uh, and all of his uh, bluegrass influences to uh, how Tyler Childress, uh, Larry Keel's had an impact on his career uh, to uh, Larry's first guitar and a really cool story about the guys that sold it to his brother. Uh, That's coming up next. Uh, You'll really like that interview as well. Larry's a cool guy. I enjoyed speaking with him. Can't wait to see him coming to Nashville in December uh, at Marathon Music Works. I'll be there. You should be there, too. Also talked to uh, Kalioka Resident, which is just adjacent to Columbia, Tennessee, a little ways down the road. Uh, Christian contemporary artist David Phelps. Now, you might know his body of solo work as well as his work with the Gaither Vocal Group. Now, every year around Christmas time, he and his wife open their home or their barn, I should say, and let, or they, they're on their property. <laughs> they uh, let people come in. He puts on a Christmas performance with them. They have special guests. Uh, they have uh, Santa Claus makes an appearance. That's usually towards, uh, well, it is towards the end of this month, uh, late November, early December. You can check out that out at davidphelps.com slash barn bash and once again i want to thank you for taking your time to listen to josh belcher uncharted you could be doing anything in the world right now but you're hanging out with us and i want you to know that i really appreciate that you're my kind of people and i thank you so much with that being said let's get started The first guest on this week's podcast has one of the most impressive resumes in music I have ever seen. We're talking about the legendary guitar player's guitar player, Scott Holt, who at 19 years old went on the road to perform with Buddy Guy, 
We discuss that, all the way to his solo work, to an all-star band with members of Foghat known as Eddie and the Agitators, to currently also being the proprietor of Variety Records in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, Co-host Sam Madewell and I discuss that with him and more right now on the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Josh Belcher here, Sam Madewell, co-host. How you guys doing? We have got Murray County, Columbia, Tennessee's favorite musical son, Scott Holt, the guitar slinger extraordinaire. Thank you for taking the time speaking with us, sir. That's quite a build-up. Thank you very hey. much. <laughs> We're glad to have you. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. We're here at your awesome uh, Variety Records, which is the coolest record store ever. They've got anything and everything. I looked behind me, I saw uh, Brothers Osmond, T-Bone Walker. I mean, oh my gosh. Anything you want to... Um, think about you can just come here and just uh, have a good time and uh, check out the website the social medias we'll get to that later uh, we're gonna let sam take it away with the first question what'd you have to ask brother yeah i see scott that uh on your the second album dark of night uh, you recorded with um billy cox and mitch mitchell and mm-hmm. how'd that come about i had done um a record prior to that the first record that i ever did and the guy that was that was the record label for that at, at the last minute, we did a, a version of Who Knows, the Band of Gypsy mm-hmm. song. Billy Cox was living in Nashville. I think he still lives in Nashville. And he happened to take the record to him and play it for him, and Billy liked it. And he said, well, would you would you be interested in making a record with this guy? And he said, sure. He said, you know, my friend Mitch is coming to town. Why don't we get him in on it? Wow. And then they got Eddie Kramer to produce it, who was Hendrix's engineer and engineered Led Zeppelin records and yeah. all that stuff. So it, it kind of snowballed. And then... Um, we got uh, our friends from uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's band to play on some wow. of it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a fun, fun project. I bet. Yeah. Um, the question I had to follow up with that is that after playing with guys of that caliber and you obviously playing the lead licks, and I, I remember reading on your website they hadn't played that song in forever and really enjoyed it, right? The Voodoo Child. Yeah, yeah. Mitch had because I had all, there was all this top spin going into it you know i was getting all this information don't say anything about Jimi hendrix to mitch because he's bitter and blah blah mm-hmm. this and blah blah and uh so we we met at sir to rehearse for before we went into the studio and it's me and him and billy and they're playing and we're just playing some regular old 12 bar blues no real particular song you know and I'm just getting more and more bummed out. I'm like, this is going to suck because he's these two yeah. great musicians and we're just going to you know, do stuff like this. So we ended that. And before I could even turn around and say anything, Mitch starts playing Spanish Castle Magic. <laughs> and, and I started playing it. And then I froze because I was like, oh, shit. Now we're, I'm sorry. I'm screwed now. And I turned around and he was just peeking at me over the drums. He goes, I was testing you. And from then on, man, he was so cool. He taught, he would tell me Hendrix stories, and we talked about Woodstock. And he would, after we got through doing the record, he was staying in, he was living in Nashville, and he would pop in at gigs I was doing and 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 hang out. He never wanted to play, but he'd come and hang out. And he was just a super sweet guy. And the, and Billy was always real kind to me too. So they were they were really cool guys. Yeah, that's just a great story. Uh, he wanted to ask that question. And I got to thinking. I mean. That's like the, the pinnacle. After after performing like that, does your does your head, does your ego get bigger, or did you? I mean, how did you? No, not I, a lot of people have had that experience. Other than hopefully, like, my ego's gotten smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I think the longer you live and the, and the and the more musicians you run into, you start to realize that you know everybody's unique, but but you're not you know you're not really reinventing the wheel. So you, know, you, you kind of get some reality into it. Yeah, you're yeah. just adding your own spin to yeah. it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and so being a uh, fellow blues man myself, and one of the favorite spots of blues is Clarksdale, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you played there, and where at? And mm-hmm. what's what's that story been like? Played Ground Zero a couple times, and uh, actually played at Reds. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I love we were, the place. We were just down there hanging out, and uh, was he sitting in his chair in the back? I can't remember <laughs> what he was. I think he was getting a grill ready outside, like they were gonna have something going that night, and we were just hanging out, and he had a guitar on the stage, and. A buddy of mine was like, oh, man, can Scott play? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And so all I remember about that place is there was a big old bottle of cough medicine on the stage, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great place. I guess we could have got wide if we'd wanted to. Yeah, when I was in there, he was was just sitting in the back of the recliner just staring at a TV while the band was playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real lo-fi spot, but uh, it's cool. Yeah, now um, I wanted to kind of come back to, because I saw you've lived in a couple places in Mississippi. Well, are your roots here in Columbia? Because mm. you, you, you claim this place, and we're obviously yeah. proud to have you. But So you are from here originally? I was born in Lawrenceburg, and then we moved around a lot until I started school. And when I started school, we moved to Columbia, and we've been here ever since. So I, all my school years are in Columbia. Right on. That's cool. So so when you got ready to take off, what, at 19 is when you became full-on professional, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with buddy guys? That yeah. Were, yeah. So, I mean, that's just incredible. From 19 on... But you always came back to Columbia. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and with that, I had a question. You know, the the the, the resurgence or the surgence of music. It seems like every time you turn around, uh, you know, even here at Variety, there's quality people in here performing. Uh, you know, everywhere you go, there's a venue. And they're trying to bring Columbia back to like to form. Like, if you can't make it to Nashville, this is the hot spot. How do you feel about that? I mean, and you obviously had something to do with it. So. Well, that's definitely my goal, and yeah. and Keith, my partner's goal. I mean, we we you know when right after we bought the place. One of the first things we did was we had a big event with Bobby Rush in here doing a solo performance. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And um, we wanted to do, we still want to do like maybe biannually or quarterly, do something big like that, get some acts in here. We've had the guys from Fog had been in here and played, you know, with me. And um, But we, we want to do other stuff too. We've had church services in here. We've had, you know, we, we talk about, you know, that's why I was asking you if you're still doing stand-up. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we want to have, like, some different, like, variety-type things. Yeah. I know there. enough guys. We could we could get something going Well, for yeah, you we'll, today, yeah, let's hook something up because yeah. that's those kinds of things, you know, Columbia's, it's changing, it's growing, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of people moving here from other places and, um, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of live venues and they're, they're kind of, they're trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. But you just got to, you know, you got to nurture it, and and that's what we want to do here. Yeah, it's exciting, like that that Friday where everybody gets together and kind of socializes and play. And then, yeah. like I said, in here in the record store, and you're talking about you know Fog Hat and everything. And I also wanted to ask uh, the record. Are y'all? I know Black Friday they're trying to do a time with Record Store Day. Do y'all have something going on? Oh or, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're. I don't know what we've got playing here. It may be me. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we 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 definitely be doing something for that. They got a bunch of you know how they do with records. There's rare stuff coming out. And yeah. So we'll be doing that. I saw Clapton has got like a, a two song Christmas yeah. thing coming out or yeah. whatever. Like I didn't, I don't know what that is, but I saw that and you know on the website where's where's Eric's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I was looking at the, the website and noticed that you had a thing called Loud is Good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting. Can you give us a little bit about that and what that's about? Well, it's, it, it, you know, when I first started out, um, I played really loud. <laughs> and we used to get in trouble a lot for playing too loud. But, um, you know, it, it kind of morphed from that into sort of a, just a general philosophical idea that, that you know, you, you there's an old, gospel song says don't hide your light under a bushel you know and that's kind of 
what I'm getting at is it's you gotta you know you gotta be out and you gotta be you know be who you are. Don't be afraid to be who confident. You are. Yeah, and and just you know, but not in an arrogant mm-hmm. way, but just you know, I mean, God gives everybody a gift or something yeah, that's unique to you, mm-hmm. and and I think it's your mandate and your responsibility to express that. So that's well put. That's, like that's that. kind of. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it looks cool on a T-shirt. That is good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Do you, do you have them in the plus sizes? I'm gonna have to go home with one. I, I can get them quickly. Nice. <laughs> um, let's let's get this going because you were talking about Foghat. You had this question. Yeah. So, Earl and the Agitators, just tell us a little bit about that. We see that uh, EP or uh, the album Shaken and Stirred, and how's that coming about? Yeah, it 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 was really fun. What what happened was we got together to to write for the last Foghat record, and we had all these songs written. And, and we demoed them all, and I was singing on all of them, and they were, we're all excited, and all, you know. And then they go, well, wait a minute, we've got a lead singer in Foghat. We can't, you know, we got to use him on some stuff, too. <laughs> so so we set aside a bunch of the songs, and we're like, well, they're good songs. What are we going to do use with them? So we decided to put this band together. And uh, a lot of the research that I do with the guys from Foghat involves Foghat wine. And the later it gets... The better the ideas are. Well, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> Brian Bassett named the band Earl and the Agitators, and we all laughed. And the next day we're, you know, waking up going, oh, okay, so we're going to put a band together Real and call cool. it Earl and the Agitators. <laughs> that's, cool. Yeah, that's great. And, and I wanted to, you know, touch on the topic. You, you know, you're used to being, you know, usually the front man, lead man, and lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earl and the Agitators, you have extra guitar accompaniment. How, how do you like that dynamic versus being by yourself? It's it's fun. I mean, it's it's you know, I, lately I've been I work with those guys in Foghat. We do the Earl and the Agitators shows, um, which when we do Earl and the Agitators, I'm I'm still the front guy, but it's more of a Shared ensemble group, yeah. thing. Um, I've been working with this girl uh, Hurricane Ruth out of St. Louis. Uh, we just finished her newest record, um, and in all these different areas, you know, I'm getting to be something different. You know, like with her, mm-hmm. I just play guitar. With Earl and the Agitators, obviously I play and sing, but it's a different catalog of music yeah with my band it's the stuff that i do um i play with stacy mitchart's guys when he's out of town and, and that's a whole different thing mm. so it just you know the opportunities to, to play guitar and make music are just you know you just they're, they're out they're, there you know a lot of irons in the fire huh? i don't yeah. say no very much I hear you. <laughs> yeah. and i've learned that not you know not just with podcasting and everything but in, in order to get to talk to somebody of your caliber and thank you for taking the time but you've got to ask because you're either going to get it's 50 50 it's either going to be a yes or no yeah exactly you know? And that's what I've learned with anybody like you that that has been to the pinnacle and is still turning everything. It's like you never know what's going to be around the next corner. You never like we were talking about a little earlier, and I was trying to say that. Yeah. You you if you approach life with this preconceived idea of this is what I want it to be like, and this is where I want to end up, you're you're going to miss yeah. so much opportunity. You yeah. know, you you got to kind of let go of the reins a little bit and say, well, what's what's out there? What chances? do I have you know yeah. and those things have always proven to be you know I'm way more surprised by what's happened than what I thought was going to happen yeah. right, you know? so. and then and you're talking about you know having tunnel vision but like bringing up God and faith and everything it's like I think one of the main things that God does for us is that we get tested if we if we let back and say okay give us give us what you got versus yeah. what we think you get surprised with that the absolutely the absolutely yeah. I mean that you know um I think the the source of stress is is us trying to put God on our timetable. That's you know? right, yeah. Because because he's gonna bless you. He's gonna you know he's gonna give you more than you could possibly imagine. But in we his time, time frame, not in your time frame. Because yeah. a lot of times I don't think we're you know we think we're ready for something, 
and we're really right. not, you know. Oh, yeah. And it, and it takes some time to kind of get us in that position. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, uh, what else you got going on? Touring? I mean, I know we got the Variety Records. What else is going on in your life? We got, man, it, I've, we got, I've got a 19-year-old daughter that's yeah. finishing her second year of college. Heck, yeah. Uh, she's in the inaugural soccer program at Columbia State. So, Heck, yeah. So that takes up a lot of our time. My wife is a photographer. Nice. Um, and so she she is constantly taking pictures of not only my daughter's games but other people's games and all that stuff. So there's a not a lot of downtime, you know. Yeah, it's busy a, man. It's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on constantly. And 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 being a, being a, produ- a person that's artistic and, and and needs to produce and create is that how you prefer it? Constantly going. Yeah. Like yeah. Going I on? think when you when you stop, you know, or or when you you know slow down. You know, you kind of, I anyway, I get rusty. You know, I like to keep doing stuff. Like I come here when I'm off off the road, I'm here most every day. And it's just a, a good space to be in. Yeah, you get to listen to music. It's awesome. Exactly. And, and to me, vinyl, you know, I was at the tail end of it. I'm 37, vinyl went to tapes, went to CDs. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you can take the patience and just put that needle down, you get a way better treat. It, it sounds better. And it's coming back. You know, it's the, the, we sold, uh, vinyl outsold CDs this year. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. The CDs are on the way out, I think. But um, Or for now. You know, mm-hmm. everything, yeah, yeah. it's all cyclical. Yeah. The only downside to vinyl is you just can't, you know, realistically carry it with you. You know, like when I go on the road, I've got a thing like this big that's got my entire record collection. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's it's awesome when you you know you're in a hotel somewhere a million miles away from home and you want to listen to this one specific record. So I've got it. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Interview on the podcast is contemporary Christian singing superstar David Phelps, who makes Cullioca, Tennessee his home, which is adjacent to Columbia, Tennessee, where I live. We're just neighbors. Um, him and his wife, Lori Phelps, put on a very spectacular event like no other. At his own home, they have the Christmas Barn Bash, which will be featuring himself, David Phelps. He'll be singing. They'll have a live nativity. The Columbia Dance Academy will be there. They'll have a special appearance by Santa Claus himself. And this goes on for three nights, November 29th, 30th, and December 1st. To get tickets, you can go to davidphelps.com slash events. So David Phelps, uh, you know, uh, really proud that you, you know, stay locally here in the Middle Tennessee area, Columbia, Cullioca. Uh, can you can you talk about this barn bash that seems to be the happening thing around Christmas time here locally? Well, we're, that's just a blessing that it has become that. Um, <laughs> we just celebrated our 10th year of concerts here in the barn. Oh, wow. Uh, at Labor Day. And then um, sometime around 2015, we put heat and air in the barn. So that allowed us to uh, do some stuff when the weather's a little cooler. So we huh. immediately started this Christmas barn bash. And... Um, we wanted it to be something that our local community could kind of come in and be a part of. Um, and uh, it really has been, it's been such a surprise and so amazing because the community has really jumped in and, and been a part of it. We have, you know, the, the Kaleoka Fire Department comes out here with their fire truck and they help oversee safety. We have the Sheriff Department comes out with us and, and then involved, we, we have Santa Claus that's come around this area and, a living nativity scene, and then oh, we wow. have the Columbia, uh, uh, Columbia Dance Academy comes out and is a part of it um, for a, a few things. So it's really, our goal has been to create this old-fashioned Christmas. Um, 
you know, we felt that was appropriate since it's on this uh, since it's on our farm mm-hmm. that was started in uh, 1815. Wow, barn that. Uh, so we we thought an old-fashioned Christmas would be the way to go, and it's been it's been it's been amazing. It really has been. Yeah, I did a little bit of reading here the local the paper that it's an 1800s barn that's had several renovations and there's actually seating in there like a lot of seating for a lot of people to be able to enjoy uh things in there. Yeah, we um we do around 500 uh tickets for each program. Wow. Um, and then um uh, our personnel and then we have we have a concession stand in there where we can get hot chocolate or coffee and uh snacks and things like that. Um and so it's, uh, yeah, it's it really turned out to be, and I have to say, it's been the brainchild of my wife, Lori. She has really, it was her idea to start it in the first place, you know, so uh, she is the one that gets the credit for um, for kind of moving it to the direction that it is now. That That is so awesome. Well, well kudos to her because it's a great thing. And another thing I wanted to mention is, is that you have themes for it, and this one's Jesus to the world, right? I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said right now. Um, I saw that you you know every year kind of has a theme, and, and this one I believe is Jesus to the world. Is that right? No, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I, I haven't <laughs> unless they haven't told me about that. <laughs> I mean, that sounds great. I'm not against that. Yeah, that's something that's associated with us. But um, but you know, we we try to do an old fashioned Christmas, and part of that for us definitely is. Um, is celebrating our Savior and the gift that we were given. Um, that that is the, I mean, that's the reason for the season. Uh, we also love the uh, the great traditions that we all have around Christmas trees and, and Santa Claus and that kind of thing too. But uh, the reason we get together and celebrate is because uh, the gift of our Savior. Absolutely. Uh, uh, final question. This is a this is a three night ordeal. It starts what November twenty ninth. Yeah, November twenty ninth, thirtieth, and December first, and it's uh, each night is the same. So it's uh, if we do three nights, the same concert get there. So um, you can you can choose which one to come to. Cool. And uh, and where are we finding tickets if if everybody's wanting to get some? You can go to davidphelps dot com and go up to our barn uh, That's probably the the easiest way to find. Very very cool. What's up, everybody? Josh Belcher here, and uh, being a guy from the South, I've always had a love for bluegrass music, and my next interviewee, Mr. Larry Keel, is truly a champion of the genre. Uh, Larry Keel is described by music critics and reviewers as the most powerful, innovative, and all-out exhilarating acoustic flat-picking guitarist performing today, and that is nothing shy of the truth. He can tear it up. Now he's got a new album coming out called Keller and the Keels. It's his side project with Keller Williams and it is being released November 22nd. It's titled Speed. Check it out. Check out his website. Look him up on social medias. It was a great interview. Really cool legendary guy to talk to. That's coming up next. Here we go. Okay Larry, so let's uh, first of all thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Um, keeping the you know real awesome authentic bluegrass uh, alive and well. Uh, with your co- contribution, um, let's go ahead and start. I know it was out in June, but can we talk about this Larry Kill experience and this uh, this new album you had uh, titled One? Yes, sir. Yeah, we uh, we recorded that ourselves in, in a 
soundproof uh, basement, basically, where we <laughs> felt comfortable, you know. We could just yeah. all get together and do our thing, man, and, and really try to present, you know, what what we really do. And uh, it, it came out better than we ever thought it would. It just, it's doing so good and having a great time with it. Yeah, it's really cool. And, and what I like, like you said, um, it's kind of like, kind of like stripped down, uh, you know, not in a ton of production. And, uh, and what I've been told is that listening to this album, which is, I got to, I got a little snippet of it. Uh, it, it sounds like, like you hear it the same live, like it's, it's basically the same thing, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted to create a live effect, but when, when you perform live out, there's all kinds of sound inconsistencies and, and such because you have to sort of equalize it to the room. You have, you have to make the recording fit the room. But when you're in a soundproof area, you can still create the same feeling as if you think the crowd's right there and be able to put the same, you know, that ultra good feeling and real thing out there that you want to put in. But sometimes in the studio, you can't quite, uh, you know, give it because it, 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 they might not be ready to run the reel when you are. You might have <laughs> to wait, wait around and everything. But we we did it ourselves, and, and we're just very proud of that. That's too cool. Now, um, did you do it like you know how sometimes you see when it's recording, everybody's in a separate booth, or did you all collaborate on it in like the same room while you were recording? Yeah, like, we with all the members. Yeah. Yeah, we were in the same room, and uh, we had, you know, we had even a little bit of a sound system turned on, not not as loud as we would perform like, but, you know, just so that we could hear some more sound out of it, too. And, uh, man, it just it, it was really fun, really fun. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, like I said, my show being here in Nashville, um, you've got a really awesome uh, show coming up in December here at Marathon Music Works. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I've uh, been, been hanging out a lot this summer and been for a while, for a year or two, with uh, Billy Strings. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, he is just, it's really awesome to see where he is uh, taking bluegrass music and how he's preserving that, that, that really amazing flat picking style of like Doc Watson and yeah. uh, just a, a powerful performer and uh, glad to, glad to get together with him again. We, we've got to hang out quite a bit this year and do some picking and we just love each other and, and uh, I just love, it, love him to pieces. That's cool and and you're talking about you know picking and watching you pick uh, I, I, I think about Tony Rice. Now I know he's kind of like a little bit before your time, but was he an influence on you? You know, it's funny you ask because, yeah, I I grew up uh, in the house where my brother had all the different records of, of so many great players, like I say, Doc Watson and Clarence White and, and Tony Rice. And uh, my brother's quite a, quite a great uh, flat-picking guitar player himself. And he... Uh, he got me started and showed me, you know, what was going on. And as I progressed, I started learning, the, you know, like Tony Rice style of guitar. And, you know, and I got to a point where I was playing like that a whole lot. And I, I wanted to have my own sound. So I just tried to sort of separate uh, yeah. what I was doing. And a lot of that was, in effect, to 
listening to Jerry Garcia and yeah. Jimi Hendrix, which we both like the experience. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, so I, got, I, I started scaring away a little bit there just to create, see what I like and see what, see what my sound would be like. And, uh, you know, it happened to work out that I got to play a bunch of shows with Tony Rice. And, uh, and he, uh, yeah, I think they're all over the YouTube and everything. But um, we, uh, I, I had a band going, uh, Larry Keel and Natural Bridge at that point. And uh, it, we did a bunch of different festivals and theaters and such as Larry Keel and Natural Bridge with special guest Tony Rice and Vassar Clements. Yeah. And, man, it was uh, a great highlight in my life and to get to know Tony Rice and, and hang with him and, and uh, know what a wonderful man he is and what he's done for guitar. Yeah, he, he's he's one of the one of the uh, cat daddies, I guess you could say. He, uh, I've always thought a lot of him, and, and it's rare when you see somebody that, kind of can hold their own with them and you've got that same playing style not like i said not completely but there's a you can tell there's a hint of them in there with some of your influence i was just kind of curious well thank you thank you uh, for that. yeah another guy that that swears by you and he's probably going to be the savior of country music is old tyler childers he, he just thinks you're the cat's pajamas how did that relationship start <laughs> how did that start wow yeah yeah I was doing a cruise, and uh, him and some buddies of his was hanging out, and I think we were playing, and I, I, I remember seeing him and his buddies out there, and then one of them all of a sudden, in in a full suit, jumped in the middle of the pool during the show. Oh, wow. And I sort of remember that. And then later on, uh, <laughs> I was in the elevator, and the elevator opened up, and this young, red-headed kid came up to me, and he said, Sir, I love your song, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I write a good song, too, and I can sing. And he said, I'd love to come out and open up for you. And I said, well, I hope to figure it out. And then, uh, you know, I sort of watched him go from there, and, and to look at and see what he's done today, I, I, he's just... Ah, man, he is the heart and soul and the feel of, of the earth and the mountains and the, just true country music. And yeah. I'm glad to see him get uh, the attention that he's been deserved for so long. Yeah, it's just great because, you know, people, myself included, we've been complaining forever. Oh, it's going to pop, it's going to pop. And then this guy shows up and I see him on the on TV, and I'm like, all right, here we go, finally. It, it's taking yeah. us a while, but we're getting back to where it belongs. And uh, you have a show with him, what, coming up in Pikeville, Kentucky? You and him got something going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, it's a couple of days after Christmas. We're playing out at a big arena down there uh, in Pikeville, and uh, we got to do a big run with them boys. Uh, let, me, let me see what the, what the name of that amphitheater is. Like the app, oh, it's the Appalachian Wireless Amphitheater. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Pike, Pikeville, Kentucky. And, yeah. um, but we did a big run of the shows with them this year and up, up and down and had a great time. They're all just the coolest band that is and just the, the most real thing that there is. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see country music taking 
a step in in that direction. Yeah, I, I'm, I second that emotion for sure. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I was fumbling some, through some of your videos the other day and, and saw him sitting sitting down with you guys kind of having like a little impromptu jam session. I said, well, look at there. You can't beat that with a with a shovel. So I just <laughs> thought that was pretty neat. I mean, and it, it, it you know, like I said, stripped down just, just the way it should be, kind of everybody just doing their thing without all the lights and the hustle and bustle, just, just music in its, in its purest form. And it's just, I, I'm really digging it. So it was like a good little tune there on YouTube. Well, thank you. We uh, we did that was a part of a thing we did called the Fish Camp. Oh yeah. Up in the, up near Beckley, West Virginia, sort of a camp out and hang out and everything. And me and Tyler got to fish a bunch together. We all played a bunch of music and just hung out and had a great, great time. And then concerts in the evening and such and and mingling in the music like that. So. That's awesome, you know. We, we try to do a bunch of that type of thing. I, I, I try to do like a keel camp out on a on a creek. Uh, we did one of those in Tennessee, in eastern Tennessee near Down City, and that was real cool. Where you get the music and the and you get some river going by you where you can fish and just just you know we try to do a lot of that. Did one down in uh, Georgia too called Bass and Grass. And uh, that's on a big old lake where we all hang out and eat and fish and play music and just have a hoot, Manny, you know. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm digging it. Yeah, we got to get you down here in Middle Tennessee, uh, down here on the Piney by Hickman County. That, that's a that's a pretty good little little area down there. If you've never been out there, by by Grinder Switch, roll many pearls from. <laughs> oh, I'd love to go down there. I have to find me a hat down there. <laughs> yeah, they they have a thing called the Banana Pudding Festival. You'd be a perfect headliner. Uh, I'd love to come down and see that part of the country for sure. See, yeah, we got. I got to find the powers that be and and, and get some networking going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you were talking about like say your brother. So he he must have thought a lot. Was he older than you, your brother? Yeah, he's twelve years older than me, and uh, he he. Uh, my dad taught him to play guitar and uh, taught him to play guitar because he wanted uh, him to back him up because my dad played the banjo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he wanted somebody to play rhythm and guitar for him, so he taught Gary. They uh, they just had all kinds of friends playing music, just great, great musicians. I grew up in that sort of thing where there was like a weekly jam and just all kinds of, I mean, in Blue Ridge Mountain, there's so many great great blue musicians and, oh, absolutely. and players, players in general that you never even heard of, you know. Yeah. And, uh, just, um, I'm uh, very, very blessed to have grown up that way. Yeah, the reason the reason I ask because he, you know, he obviously got a lot of you, got you your first car at age seven. Now, I've heard a story about the place where you bought it. It was an Epiphone, was it a hummingbird? Yeah, the Epiphone hummingbird. Yeah, that, uh, that, that, I, yeah, I heard a story, and I, I wanted to hear you tell it about who was in there, who sold your brother your first guitar. I just thought it was cool. I just wanted to make sure that this is the truth that I'd heard, and I wanted you to kind of explain it. Well, they, uh, my brother used to go to the store in the Manassas Mall, <laughs> and uh, is and when. He'd go there. He'd go there to pretty much just buy, buy records because that's what you do at that time. That's what they had out, and that's what yeah. you buy. 
and uh, they always had, you know, all the number one and everything, but they also had, like, a big bluegrass section there, and uh, the place was called Harmony Hunt, I think is what it was called, and uh, yeah, he'd go in there, and he always wanted to buy bluegrass records, and he, he'd buy all the new Tony Rice albums, and He'd buy just everything, Flatbush Dogs and Phil Monroe and Al Stanley and everything. He and I have a pretty powerful record collection. So uh-huh. we, uh, so he learned, he, that's where he was buying all that and been learning bluegrass pretty much on, on records. And uh, the people that worked there, you know, there were so many, a lot of the musicians in, in the area in, in D.C. at that time was, uh, I mean, really booming with bluegrass. It was supposedly the bluegrass capital of the world. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, in, in that store, Vince Gill worked in there for a little while, <laughs> and uh, it, my brother knew him from picking circles and stuff. There was a big bluegrass festival in that area, too. So everybody sort of knew each other and hung out, played music. But uh, one of the guys that worked in there was Ricky Skaggs, yeah, and, that's uh, so cool. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, they, you know, Ricky would recommend records or whatever, and uh, you know, what, what's new out and what's all this, and you know, I guess you know, uh, touring musicians playing bluegrass ain't a whole bunch of money in it, so you got to figure out ways you can work. So the record store is not a bad way to go, you know. Oh yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You're gonna have to do something you love, make some money at it. Yep. Yeah, just, yeah that, you know, keep, keeps you working, keeps you talking to music people, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he bought uh, his or my first guitar from Ricky, Ricky Skaggs at the uh, Harmony Hunt. How cool! Oh, Ricky Skaggs got a little bit of commission thanks to thanks to Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's still killing it too. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's let's talk this last thing. You got something coming out? Is it tomorrow? You got a new album released tomorrow? Yes, I do. I'll be uh, I'll be jumping on a plane in the morning and headed to Colorado. Heck yeah! Because uh, we're going to celebrate the release of Keller and the Kills Speed album that's coming out tomorrow. And uh, man, I tell you, it's wild. It's uh, it's it's the best one yet, and it's just uh, it's rowdy. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and the new the new single, the name, I love it. Uh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think about the Waterboy movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Medulla. Yeah, Medulla. I got it because he told him he he's trying to explain to him what his mama said about the alligator being angry, and he said, "No, it's the Medulla Oblongata." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it, love it. Yeah, we're headed to uh, Colorado this weekend. We're doing a, he does this thing during the uh, Thanksgiving time. It's called Thanks for Grass Giving. And that right there wraps up another edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. I want to thank you once again for listening. Special thanks to guests Scott Holt, Larry Kill. David Phelps, co-host Sam Madewell, and last but certainly not least, all of you for listening. We well, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really enjoy putting on this little podcast, and I really appreciate you listening to it. If you know anybody that you think might be an awesome guest, have them hit us up. 
Josh Belcher at hotmail.com. We'd love to have them. Uh, and you just remember that I love you for you and where you're at in your own place in life. All right, you have a good rest of your week, and we'll catch you down the road next time. All right, goodbye, everybody.